Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on, No Bad Dog Army? Happy Wednesday, or I hope you're having a good Wednesday. And today's podcast is excellent. It's with a dog owner that is dealing with a or working with a foster that she's working with. So all the foster peeps out there, this is going to be up your alley. She's got a Connie Corso mix, a big, powerful dog. No real aggression or behavioral issues. However, this is a great introduction to the prong collar. This individual has a dog. She understands that the prong collar is going to be the most effective tool for her. And so we go over the fitting of the prong collar, what size to get, where to get it, why we use it, why it's going to be helpful and beneficial. We also talk about another very frequently asked question, which is separation anxiety or codependency issues with a dog. So what do we do when a dog is following us around the house and whining and having issues with anxiety and what causes these things? So kind of two really big topics that we get often packed into the same podcast. So I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast so far. Um, We're bouncing off the top of number one podcast in dog training on Spotify in the top five or the top two for iTunes. So um, just started kind of really doing this full, not full time, but at least more consistently twice a week. So the future is bright for the podcast and the lives that we're helping. And, uh, you know, some of my reviews of the li- the lives that people are, were not helping. <laughs> so anyway, as, as usual, you guys, we're going to be answering podcast questions at the end of this podcast. I pick three if there's available and I answer your questions. If you guys want me to answer your specific questions about your dog, all you simply have to do is leave a review in the podcast platform and I will be answering them at the end of the podcast. So make sure you listen to the end. The other thing that I just realized is on Spotify, I don't think you can leave a review. You can certainly rate the podcast, which I appreciate everybody has rated so far. If you guys are listening to this on pot, on Spotify, this is 100% for free. I appreciate you guys. The No Bad Dog Army is strong as hell. If you're listening to this on Spotify, do me a solid favor right now. Pause what you're doing. Go and leave a review or rate this podcast so we hold that number one spot forever. 
because uh, we don't have we I think we have like 16 reviews. 16 is better than none, but I know a lot of you guys are listening. Um, about 10,000 people on Spotify are listening every week. So make sure you guys rate this. It would mean the world to me. Um, and we're going to get into the podcast. And remember, listen to the end so you can hear my other questions that we get from other dog owners. And uh, well, let's get into it. What's going on? So I recently got this beauty of a foster dog um, named Gunner. He is a, the doctor or the vet thinks he is a massive, maybe um, Cane Corso lab mix. Mm-hmm. He's a solid 95 pounds. Of course, I've had him just under a month. Um, he's a good boy. We're working on like sit down stay leave it he's great with all of that good what what i have trouble with with him though is walking him we don't know his past obviously as he's a rescue um do you know how old he is he's three to four years old so he's got lots of energy and he plays in the backyard but i would love to be able to like go miles and walk with him Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not comfortable with a, a prong collar only because I don't know how to properly use one. I've never had to use one before. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rescue had ordered me a, a gentle leader, but that doesn't do any good when I'm battling a 95 pound dog. Right. Yep. So, and he's not really reactive to, like, if dogs walk by, he's fine. It's just he, I think he just gets so excited that he wants to pee on every tree. You know, all the scents that are around here. A lot of people walk their dogs and whatnot. Um, So, it's just like from one spot to the next spot to the next spot. And he's kind of pulling me that way. And I need help with that because I know he's such a good dog, but I want him to be able to go to a home and be able to take walks or go hiking or, you know, he loves being outside. Sure. Um, Also with him, an issue I noticed is same thing like when we go to the vet. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's all the sense and he's overwhelmed. Um. But you just can't bring his attention back to you. I, I, He's not food motivated. I brought steak with me the one day just to try out something else. Yeah. Um, but he's just, he tugs me every which way. So I don't know where to start. I've never had a dog this, this size. Um, and having only had him, you know, just under a month. Mm-hmm. I don't know where to start, what equipment to use that may help. Got it. Okay. Uh, if that makes sense, yeah. Sure. Of course it does. So it it's um so right now you're really only having uh, some issues with him not being engaged with you and pulling you around uh, on your walk so far. If we're at home and then he will be engaged. He literally follows me everywhere. He's always looking at me, um, you know, waiting to see what I want him to do. It's when we leave the house 
that it's like all bets are off. He's just over overwhelmed, overly excited. I'm not sure how to explain it, but okay. at home he's fine. Sure. <clears throat> okay. Uh, yeah. So it's it's obviously normal for a dog. So the the couple things that are coming to my mind is if a dog isn't taught how to engage, which means pay attention to the handler, look at the handler for information, look at the handler for permission, look at the handler for guidance. If a dog isn't taught that in general, doesn't matter if they're young or they're his age now, they don't do it because they're animals. So it's like if you just let them do, you just let them be a dog. And that's what a lot of people do uh, in the with a dog is they just let them be a dog. And some people get lucky and their dogs never have any problems. And then other people let their dogs be a dog and then there's problems, most people. So... It's common for these things to happen. It's it's completely normal. And the other side of that is is also like with the with the pulling and the and and sniffing and all that stuff. They kind of go hand in hand. So if you don't teach him how to do these behaviors, such as heal um, or whatever, then he's never going to just do them. Especially being a 90, 95 pound mastiff mix, he's not just going to say, "Okay, I'm going to walk in slow motion now with you," right? Right. So there's two things is teaching him. You have to teach him those things. You have to teach him those things. Uh, whatever you want him to do, you have to start working on externally. So just like anything in life with human beings, employees, uh, children, and with dogs, you just say, hey, we, have a, we, we are weak in this category. We are struggling with this particular thing. And... With that being said, what you want to do is you want to work on the things that you're struggling with in order to make them better and in right. order to, to help with, with what, you're, what you're going through. So that's, that's really what it comes down to is teaching him. If you want him to walk better on the leash, you have to teach him how to heal. And as far as equipment goes, you, listen, like the equipment is, is really predicated off of two things. Obviously, the, the, the size and, and the behavior of the dog as well as your skill as a handler. And sometimes they balance each other out. Sometimes they don't. Like if, I, if I'm working a dog that's 90 plus pounds, it doesn't matter how good I am. I'm probably going to be using a prong collar because I need to be able to make really quick decisions. to, to So with the least amount of force necessary, the prong collar is going to give me that, that full directional... Um, pressure it's not going to give me one point of pressure it's going to give me 25 points of pressure immediately so it's going to be less pressure to the dog ultimately right so and what i mean by that is is of course because that doesn't sound like it makes any sense but if you if you take a big giant piece of muscle a 95 pound piece of muscle and you put a slip lead on it uh, a harness on it or whatever you have to realize that you're, you're kind of just wrapping around it. But what the prong collar does is because of its prongs is it evenly distributes pressure all the way around. Like the gentle leader, but the only, the only I shouldn't say the only difference, but one of the biggest differences between the gentle leader and the actual prong collar is, is the prong collar will actually add a correction and punishment that, right. a, that a dog will likely care about in a currency battle where if they want to pull you to get to another dog, 
another person, a squirrel, whatever, the gentle leader isn't going to, isn't going to perform as well as a prong collar when it comes down to pressure. So when it comes down to push or shove, which is likely to happen with animals because they're freaking animals, right? No matter how much we love them, no matter how many treats we give them, how much we tell them we love them and whatever, if they want to do something, they're going to do it. So when you have a 95 pound piece of muscle on the end of the leash, the gentle leader isn't going to provide that consequence that's needed effectively to get the dog to make a different decision. And the prong collar, because it, it's because of its pressure distribution and the amount of consequence it'll give with the least amount of force, like physical force, it'll it'll make your life easier. So when you're dealing with, a, again, a 95-pound dog, you can use whatever you want. You can use no leash, but you just have to realize that much like what I do is kind of like what you're doing is, is you're grooming a dog for somebody else, essentially. You're getting a dog ready for somebody else. And the the more well-trained your dog is or the, or that he is and the more control the dog is, the quicker this dog is going to get into a new home and, and on his way to a forever home. Yeah. So I would recommend using the prong collar on a dog this size, but you certainly don't have to, of course. Now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind it, but how do I figure out how to appropriately, because I've never yeah. used one. Yep. Um, I have smaller dogs and I've taught them to walk without one. Yep. Um, so there's, I'll tell you, there's, there's a couple different options. And like the most important thing with the prong collar is making sure that it's fit properly and it's in the right position. So when you're sizing the prong collar, you want it to be right behind the dog's ears as far up as you can almost on the dog's head, to be honest with you. If you've ever yeah. seen the... I uh, watch all your videos, so oh, I cool. know what you mean with the... Yeah, high, high and snipe. Yeah, it's like a, if you've ever watched the... Um, what do they have on Thanksgiving? The, uh, the, the dog show there. The Westminster, right? Oh, right. They, so their leads are the same. They're just not prong collars. They're just high and tight. Like they are controlling the reason why those dogs are walking the way that they are is because they're, you know, they have a, they have pressure, right? They're prancing for a reason. So not always, but anyway, so it's, it's nice and snug and, and and so the prong collar, uh, they have different gauge gauges, right? So it's going to be. Uh, what I would do is get a 3.2 size prong collar or a 3.0. That's going to be the size of the gauge. So the the size of the gauge is the thickness of the actual prong. So what you hear me oftentimes talk about is the 2.25, which is a very small prong as far as the gauge goes. Okay. That will essentially, you know, be for for smaller dogs. So I would get the 3.0 or the 3.2. We actually have. I get it, like PetSmart, or you guys. So no. I know I was on on your website, but I thought you guys were out of the thicker prong collars. Uh, I'm looking right now. Um, I know I I have some down there. I don't know if they're sold or not because what we have down there and versus what is already sold are two different things. Um, okay. But y- you can get them off my website, uh, buynobaddogs.com. I'm checking right now to see if we have them in stock. Um, right now we, we have two left in stock. Uh, oh no, wait, hold on. Sorry. Yeah. We, we have, um, the 3.2 left in stock and that's the, that's the prong collar with the click lock. 
So the click lock is essentially like putting a seatbelt on. So you don't have to mess with the prongs at all until you get it fit. So it just clicks right into place with each other. It's a Herm Sprenger. Okay. So I would get that. You can go on um, buynobaddogs.com and get the – there's going to be a drop down on the size, and you're going to get the 3.2 stainless steel with click lock. Okay. I would also recommend getting a safety clip for that. Um, yeah. And I would also recommend getting a, a an extra pack of prong collars. And when you go to this site – It'll give you, kind of like Amazon, it'll say frequently bought together. It'll give you that exact setup. It'll say prong okay. collar, safety clip, and an extra pack. So <clears throat> when you get the prong, what you're going to do is you can take the prongs on and off. So you can make it. You can make the, the length of the prong collar uh, change sizes by take, removing a prong and putting a prong back in. Okay. And does this, uh, the 3.2... He's an extra large dog. Will that come long enough or is there different sizes? Great question. It does. Uh, I can't remember the, I think that uh, it's, it's 16 inches, 16 inch neck size. Um, but that's why I'm suggesting to order the extra pack of links because you can pop extra links in. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. But the 16 inch probably should fit him fine because if he's like, if he's, you know, like a Kane, he's not going to have a huge coat. He's going to, you know, you're not going to have to, you're not going to have to battle with that. Right. So you could just, you could just get that. And then, like I said, get the extra links because that'll give you, you know, if, if you need a little bit more room. And so when you put it on, you'll just take the click lock and click it and it'll, you might have to take one out if it's too big, but you want it nice and snug. And it, it is natural for it to slide down over time when you're training, especially if you have a dog with no, uh, like no insulator coat, like him, he just has a guard hair coat. So that's going to slide down over time just because of that reason. So real quick with the, with the fitting of it, you know, I usually go by like that. You don't want a collar any more than like two finger lengths. He's got mm -hmm. his Martingale collar on now. Mm -hmm. When you put that on, you said you want that kind of snug. Snug. So mm -hmm. how do I know if I have it right? If that makes sense. How it's a great question. So what, right. yep. So what you don't want to see is you don't want to see. And here's the thing about the prong is everyone like doesn't have a lot of education on it. So they don't know what it is. What you don't want to see on a prong collar when you fit it is you don't want to see the prongs actually making an indent into the dog's skin. Now, right. if it does, and I've seen dog owners do this, they don't care. Like they don't like people are always like, oh, that looks uncomfortable. I'm like, you're not a dog. You don't eat cat shit out of the litter box. So there's a difference, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? So anyway, um, so you don't, you just don't want it pushing against the skin. You want it kind of just snug against the skin. So you don't want the prongs to be making an indent into the skin. Obviously, with a like a German Shepherd or a Husky, you're not going to have that issue. You're not going to even see that. So you just want it nice and snug with a dog that just has a guard hair coat. And it's just going to be resting against the, the the neck. And what that does is, so you have all those prongs, right? And with the Herm Springer, it has a dis distribution plate. So you're going you're gonna to have a plate in the middle that's going to turn the prongs going one way and then the other prongs going the other way. So when, right. it's sit it, when it's sitting basically right on the, the neck muscle, right behind his ears, that's your power steering. That's going to, like a horse, right? Like you take a gigantic, horses are 
probably five times stronger than the average human being. I don't know. I'm just guessing. It could be 10 times more. Yeah. It could be less. But but you take basically a, a gentle leader on that horse and you can move them around and do whatever you want with them through pressure because the pressure's right. in the right spot and they learn how to release the pressure. So in the beginning, my point is, is when that prong collar is sitting against on the dog's neck, when you apply pressure, when I say the least amount of force, I mean the power that you're using. You can, a five-year-old could walk that dog on a prong collar if it's fit properly because the amount of force that you're using is very, very minimal. And when I say, when I say force, I mean power. The amount of actual strength you're putting onto the leash to give a dog a correction is going to be very minimal because when you apply pressure to the prong, which is why it's a safer collar to use, is because it's evenly distributing those pressures through the prongs. So you got a you got a prong collar here, pressure, prong collar here, pressure, prong collar here, pressure. So it's distributing that pressure all the way around the dog's neck. Now there's a lot of uneducated people that unfortunately work with dogs professionally who see these pieces of equipment and automatically assume that when a dog pulls through the prong collar, they get corrected. And I have done, I don't know, 20 different videos of dogs pulling obnoxiously on a prong collar to get to something and they don't care about it because that's not how they're used. So there's a, but, but I get it. Ignorance is, is part of the life that everyone lives. So the prong collar, what it does is when it comes together, it distributes that pressure and gives the dog that really tight sensation of a correction. It's uncomfortable. Absolutely. When you snap it and you correct them, but it's because of a, you know, because they're pulling you or whatever. So that's kind of how the the prong collar will work. But what you want to do in the in, what you want to do is you want to teach him how to do the behavior with um, maybe inside first before you're going out and doing this outside. Okay. I was we started working on that. I watched one of your videos. You worked with a, a bigger reactive dog. I don't if might have been a mastiff of some sort. Hi. Um, but I think it was your video I saw where you, or a couple of your videos, where you start, say, inside, where, um, inside your building before you go outside. And then as you start to teach them, you circle, even if it's small circles, to get them to heal. Mm -hmm. I hope I'm saying like yes that makes sense um because what i guess my concern is because he's such a puller even with the prong collar that he's just gonna still pull me mm -hmm. so how do i take baby steps to get him so that the prong collar works appropriately and he's not just wearing it for shits and giggles right if, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah, people do it all the time. They put the prong on, it doesn't work. People text me, email me, message me. Prong doesn't work. Very rarely does a prong not work. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a lot of, people just don't know how to use them. So you just have to make sure, there's two big components into that. Is you just have to make sure that the dog actually understands what you're asking, right? So you have to, teach the heel command externally first like you have to teach the dog what the what the heel is first so that's the first thing you should do is teach the dog what you want him to do inside so what i like to do a very simple way to start introducing leash pressure to a dog 
is what I call like a calibration. So, or tune up. So essentially what I do is I put the dog, um, on my left side. What's your dog's name? Or what's Gunner. Gunner. That's right. I even have it written down. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so you put Gunner on your left side and you start introducing Gunner heel and then you move forward. So when we, when we talk about a heel, the heel is essentially the dog at your, at your heels. So right. that's just what my heel is anyway. Every, every dog person kind of has their own um, explanation of what heel is, but it's in, it's an in motion behavior with the dog at your heels. So you say gunner heel and you move forward and you, you're asking the dog to heel and then you'll change directions. So this is what you were talking about before is you'll change directions basically at a 180. So you're, you'll just turn, turn and go the other way and you'll say gunner heel. So you, when you ask a dog to heel in the beginning, it's kind of like Alexa. You use your voice recognition, gunner, yes, heel, boom, move forward. And then when you change directions to go 180, you're going to turn completely and go the other way. And you're also going to vocalize heel, which tells him, hey, I'm changing directions. Okay. A lot of times dogs will continue to go forward because they don't know what that means. And they don't know, they don't understand that they have to stay in line with you. And then basically, when when you when you turn and they continue to go this way and you go that way, that's where they get that first correction. Pop off the end of the collar, and then they come hurrying back to you, and they go, "What the hell is that? What's what's going on?" Right? Okay. So then, so then you do it again, and what ends up happening typically by the third time, and I just demonstrated this in my most recent video with my board and train dogs. Typically, by the third time. The dog is tight right at your heels, and he's paying attention to whatever direction you're going. So he's learned that he's got to pay attention to you because when you change directions, he's got to go with you unless he's going to get correction. So there's okay. two things there. Is it works on both of the things that you're having problems with. It works. It, it focuses on the heel, which is teaching him how to walk nicely on your left side, and it also teaches him to be engaged with you because he's got to pay attention because if he doesn't pay attention, he could get corrected. So then he'll start looking at you. He'll look at you. He goes, I don't want to make a mistake because if he makes a mistake, he's going to get popped. So for his whole life and like most dogs, like if you go downtown at any city, it's interesting to see how many dogs are not engaged with their owner. They're in front yeah. of them. They're in front of them. They're pulling on the leash. They are, um, you know, rearing up on the leash. They're sniffing the ground. They're not paying attention, you know, and, 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 you know, this isn't just my opinion. This is just what I've seen. So I guess it's my opinion. But a lot of these dogs are on harnesses because they're not under control. So what ends up happening is, like, I, I was just downtown over the holidays, and we had this, I saw this really young Labrador retriever on this harness pulling. And so if you let a, so just like with kids, right, if you let them do that at a beginning stage in their life, <laughs> You're already te- so a lot of people what they think is is I'm just gonna wait for the dog to get older to teach them, where it should be the exact opposite. Just like with kids, it's not like let's wait for them to get 15, 16 years old to start teaching them the alphabet, to start right. teaching them how to live their life. Right. So my point was I'm looking at this dog pulling, and every dog that he saw, and he was a sweet dog, and the owners were probably as sweet as pie too. 
no no faulty to them but i'm watching this dog pull and lunge after all these other dogs with excitement and and every single person came up and said oh my god your dog's so cute and i'm sitting there thinking i'm like you're you're rewarding your dog for behaviors you're going to kick your own ass about in the future because your dog is going to drag you everywhere you go your dog yeah. is going to go up and greet every person they see Every dog they see, they're going to lunge to try to meet because you're you're enabling and allowing all that to happen right now. And so my point, my point by all of this is what you need to do is start off in very small steps inside your home, in the garage, in the backyard, in your living room, in your kitchen, wherever you have space, in your hallway, and just start off, gunner heel, you move forward, and you turn, go the other way, gunner here, you're telling him, hey, buddy, I'm going this way, and if he doesn't, pop. He gets that correction and then you're moving okay. and you're not looking at him. And if you watch my videos, you know, it's really big. Your leash pressure's down. You're not holding it up, up in the air. Your, yeah. sh your shoulders are, you, he is with you. You're not with him. Your shoulders yeah, are forward and right. So then you do it again. You turn, you say gunner heel and maybe he has a little bit of hang time pop. And he goes, what the, and then usually by that second or third time, the dog is so in, in tune with you because they've got correct, hey, pay attention to me. This is what you need to be doing. And, and that's important because, again, like the little lab puppy, your dog may love you, but your dog is not going to listen to you. Your dog is not going to respect you. Your dog is not going to engage with you at all because you're not setting these tones of like, hey, you got you got to have this structure. It's not a, Dogs' lives are not free-for-alls. They don't like that. They don't do well. I don't do well with that. I did a blog in my members club the other day about I was on vacation for five days in one of the most beautiful places in the United States in Colorado. And by the third day, I was like, I need I need something to do. I, I got to go work. I got to, you know, I just, it, some people it takes a little bit longer. But my point is, is animals, if you let them live even a week without structure, they go loony mm -hmm. and they go, I'm going to go make decisions on my own. So, so. A lot of what I'm saying is a lot of information for you to really think about how you want to handle these situations. So as you're doing this, the most important thing at the end of this is a break command. So it's a release command. It's going to be a... I tell them, okay. Sure. That's fine. So, that so, yep. That's fine. So you can just say, okay. So in the beginning, it's going to be pay attention to me, pay attention to me. Once he slide, you're, you're going to feel that pocket happen. You're going to feel him slide into place. You're going to feel him... Say, okay, I got this. Good heel. Good heel. And then you get a couple seconds, five to seven seconds in a good heel. You're going to stop. You don't have to ask him to sit, but you're going to stop. And then you're going to go, okay. And then you might throw a toy in front of him or a treat in front of him. And now he's on his break. Now he's on his release. And that's okay. how you're going to start introducing leash pressure. Very micro in a very small distracted small environment. And then you copy and paste that into other environments as you get better and better well and so when i'm just starting out with him say i just do it in the house here because it's for you i live just outside of buffalo so you know it's probably oh. just as cold for you um yeah. what do i work with him for like 10 minutes and then give him a like good question yeah is there a way to work up time with him exactly Exactly. So there's a way to work up the duration and his thresholds of just like anything else, right? Literally anything else. You want to say you're not a 
runner or you're not a swimmer or you're not a whatever. You you just all you do is you you keep building up each day. So what I would suggest is in your mind pick a goal. So say you have a hallway. So you have a hallway, one end of your home to the other end of your home. You put them on your left side, you say gunner heel, you walk to the end of the hallway, you turn around, you break. Now your goal should be maybe by the end of the day I want you so your goal is is for him not to pull on the leash. Your goal is to keep that leash leash loose. That's your goal. Right. And so you 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 create your own so sometimes it's 30 seconds and then break. But your whole du- so you can do 30 seconds and then break, 30 seconds and then break, but your whole durational time of actually training 10 15 minutes as many times as you want throughout the day. You want to keep it short and sweet in the beginning. Also, is there a reason you say left side? I'm right side dominant and no. it's awkward for me. Yeah, <laughs> for so the it, the, I, it, <laughs> I just, uh, the most important thing is, is being consistent. So the left side is like the, tradi- I can't, I don't want to say I can't, but I do not handle dogs on my right side because it's weird for me. I always handle dog on my left side. It's like the like the most traditional side to handle a dog. The reason being is because so in theory, th- there's many different reasons and speculations. But in theory, the, the most thing that made the most sense to me is when you're handling. Most people are right-handed, as am I. When you're handling a dog on the left side, you don't want to have. If you're handling them on the right, then you can't do. I don't want to say you can't do anything, but your dominant hand is now occupied. So when you're out and you're working with your, you know what I'm saying? When you're out and you're working with your dog, you should have your dominant hand free to carry things, catch yourself if you fall, um, open a car, whatever. So that's, but, but to be honest with you, I don't care if you walk him with your feet, as long as it's consistent, it doesn't matter. Just don't let him go left to right, left to right, right to left, because consistency is key. And dogs are very conditioned animals very conditioned like you grab the leash and your dog's like oh we're going for a walk how do they know that conditioning so when you're out and you're handling the dog make sure you're just consistent because you want to provide them structure and you want to provide them with as much i guess routines as you possibly can to keep him he's going to be happier that way yeah we are on like his nap times or even on a set schedule like I'm kind of a nut when it comes to that. And I think that's really, really helped him. Um, But we'll see. The walking, like I said, is the biggest thing. So I'm thinking starting inside and maybe going a week inside with practicing the walking. He goes outside and runs around in the backyard, so he gets Mm -hmm. his energy out. But then... Would you say then maybe I should, instead of taking him for a walk after that, taking him to the fenced-in backyard where there is, you know, there might be dogs walking by, walking by, and do that for a while before I attempt outside of the yard? Yes. Like kind of just work it up? Yep, exactly. You work it up. And and if if you bite off more than you can chew, you'll know. You're like, okay, this is terrible. And that's where you pull the reins back and, and take it down a notch. And you just, you just, you incrementally build it up. That's all it is. Okay. Um, the other question I have with him is, you could probably hear him whining in the background. Being a rescue, I imagine this is why. Um, 
So I have him on a schedule, and he goes in his crate, and he sleeps, and he's fine. But when he is awake, he he is right here by my side at all times. And I'm um, I'm home all day, so he's got that attachment, or because mm-hmm. I rest before, whatever the case. Mm-hmm. Um, if I get up, say I let him sit on the couch and you know chew his bones and whatever. But if I go to get up. It's like he panics and he has to follow me. The dog goes in, like, he'll go into the bathroom when I'm walking in there. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, how, how do, do you work on him, like, calm down? I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Well, I think a couple it's, things. Yeah. He's still very new to me, so who knows what yeah. happened prior to this, but. Yeah, I just find a lot of dogs that have, have been, who aren't, um, you know, I think like people too, it, it becomes like this attachment, sometimes this unhealthy codependency attachment type thing where if they're not used to stability, like my dogs, if I walk out the door, they're like, see you later, dude. You know, right. I mean, of course they, you know, they'd rather go and, and walk and play, but you know, they're not, they're not, you know, beating the door down. So I think, yeah, I think it's natural for dogs who don't have stability and then finally get it to say, Hey, I'm not letting you go. Cause this is great. Um, or, you know, Hey, you, you're providing me structure that I've never had. And this is also great. Tell me what to do next. And then when you walk out of the room, it's like, I don't know how to handle life without you. Sometimes that happens. Um, so what I would suggest is turn the love down, turn the leadership up, less talking, more doing. So instead of talking to him, whenever he gives you information, don't talk to him back. Um, that, so, so a lot of this anxiety and this codependency happens with relationships. So your relationship should change a little bit where you're less talking to him, less having that conversation with him because, because you got to think like, it's almost like calling somebody like if it, in the sense of you're trying to talk to him, you're trying to get him on the other end of the line. Every time you look at him and he knows when you're looking at him and he knows when you're talking to him, every time that you say something to him out of his mouth he will then try to pick up and he doesn't know how because he doesn't know what you're saying. So then it becomes this anxious thing where he's like, I really like you a lot, but man, I don't understand what you're saying. So he's just he's just holding on to you and he's just trying to do the best he can to to be there for you because he doesn't feel like you know what you're doing. This is, I, I don't know. I don't know if this, this, this definitely happens to most people. But what ends up happening is, is think about a relationship where you are dropped into somebody else's home that they don't speak your your language and you're kind of nervous, you're vulnerable, you're trying to figure things out. You know it's a safe place and you know there's love, but you just don't understand each other. And so I find less love, more leadership. So the, the times that you, so here's what happens, okay? You get up, you go in the other room to grab a sweatshirt and the dog gets up, looks at you. It's okay, buddy. I'm just going in the other room to get a sweatshirt. It's okay, buddy. I'm just going in the other room for a sweatshirt. That's 14, 13 commands. I'm not even kidding. I'm pretty sure I've said that to him. Oh, I know. Those lines, because I do, and it sounds so stupid because I do want him to like really like, just stay there and chew your toy. I know. You know? Yeah, no, I, I heard you say it a couple different times. And, you know, my job, I'm not in the dog business, I'm in the people business. There's no sense of, there's no sense at all of somebody saying, hey, are you good with dogs? That's how I've built my entire life. I, there's, there's no doubt, you know, I, I have a, um, 
strong ability to work with dogs, but my most valuable asset is being able to communicate with humans of what they're doing is wrong. And so with dogs who have behavioral issues. So anyway, um, yeah. So, so just, just know that when you get up and go do stuff, like the moment you say, Hey, it's, he's like, oh, I gotta come. I gotta come. I don't know what you just said. I don't know what you, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like your best friend, your significant other, maybe your boss, whatever, just popping in the room and saying gibberish, but in a, in a very kind of frantic way, you're going to follow him out the room. What did you, what did you say? Hey, Jimmy, what did you say? Right. You're just, you don't yeah. know what they said, but if you just get up and go, you're not going to create that anxious. What did I, what's, what's going on? Is something wrong? Is something, cause that's what he's trying to, he doesn't know you just, Oh, closet sweatshirt. Got it. I'll be here chewing my, he doesn't understand English. So I think even when I get up from the couch and I come into the kitchen and I don't say anything to him and I try to kind of like ignore him in a sense, because obviously what I was doing isn't working when I talk to him, but right. I will come and say, I'm sitting right here in the kitchen where I'm at. He's got to be right next to me. And if I get up and walk to my room, he's going to follow me, whether I say anything to him or not. Yeah. No, I, I I, I don't. Yeah. But it starts with, it starts with all the times that you have said something to him. Yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that when you say something to him, you're, you're Velcroing him to you and he's going to stick to you. And then you're like, well, I didn't say anything this time and he didn't. I'm just saying over time, if you talk to him, that's what I said. As I turn the love down, yeah, turn the leadership up. And when I mean love, it comes in all forms. You're just, I understand what you're saying. Like you're just, you just want him to be comfortable. You want to say, Hey baby, it's okay. Chew on your bone. You're good. You're bed. You're cozy. I'm just, I'll be right. I understand all of that. It makes sense to me, but I speak English. Yeah, Right. (laughs) So, so you just, so, but, but again, I'm just kind of giving you feedback on why that can be the reason why dogs start to get very attached is because they don't, they're confused and they're like, I love you, but I don't understand what you're saying. And so for me not to fail, I'm just going to hold on to your leg as you go around the house like a little kid and right. so so and and that doesn't mean that the talking created this that could have i'm just saying that that is 100 percent definitely a component to why dogs become more attached and more codependent than others is because they're trying to they're trying desperately to figure out what this new person that is now treating this dog like a, a good dog and taking care of this dog and he's he's like you know little orphan annie type stuff Finally, right. finally, we have a house and we have fresh water and we have love and we have structure and we have training and you've signed up for professional services. I mean, all of this stuff is new and great. He doesn't want to ever let that go. But the more confusion right. you add to just make things clearer to him. So when you get up and you walk into the other room, don't look at him. Don't talk to him. Don't look. Don't say, I'll be right back. And then run, run. just get up, <laughs> j- you know, just get up and go and then come back. And over time, what ends up happening is, is hopefully because dogs are very conditioned like you went to the other room you went to the bathroom you went did this and you came back nothing you're good nothing happened like you're good and he's gonna go okay maybe i don't have to follow this person but if you look at him directly in the face and say hey buddy i'm gonna go in the other room and when i get back we're gonna he's gonna go oh shit i don't know what you're saying but i'll go with you it's time to go you know and then he comes over to you you pet him on the head it's okay buddy he's like yeah yeah i'm here and then you walk away, and of course he's going to follow you because he has no idea what you just said. 
Right. You know? So I think there's that. And then the other thing is, is just working on obedience to counter some of that. Even if you never talk to him ever, because I'm not saying that's the reason, but that is definitely the reason for most people, for, for most dogs. Um, I would say working on your countering obedience. So what does that mean? So if somebody knocks on my door right now or rings the, I'm upstairs in like my spare little office area, but if downstairs somebody rang my doorbell, I would, my dog would bark. Lakota would bark. And I don't expect her not to, but my point is, is I would be able to say, go to your bed, zoop, down, boom, stay. Now we're, now we're in. So it almost counters the idea of what she feels like she has to do with, it's kind of like kids where they're like, why? Well, because mommy or daddy said so. That You don't have to explain to them why they can't drink a bottle of vodka because they think it's water. Because <laughs> I said so. Right? You just got to do it. It's for your own good. Trust me. But dogs aren't like that. You just have to say, hey, this, you. so my point is, is you get up and you say, Gunner, go to your bed. He goes to his bed. You say, Gunner, down. He downs. You say, Gunner, stay. He stays. You walk in to the bathroom, take a shower, come back out. He's still there. You go over. You pet him. Good. Stay, buddy. Okay, now. And in, in your break would be okay. And that's it. So, again, like we talked about with healing is, of course, you're not going to be able to get up right now and go do that because his place maybe isn't there, his bed, his stay isn't that good yet, etc. But you build up into that point. So, you start off with teaching him place on the leash with food teaching and you don't have to do a down naturally dogs will down if you just work on the place and stay or the bed and stay and then you're going to have an opportunity to to, to move throughout your house so the in the beginning you're going to teach him these things externally and then what you're going to do is you're going to start testing them so in the beginning you might have a 15 foot long line in your house so you put them next to your chair there and it doesn't have to be this giant production it doesn't have to be a bed if he doesn't have one you can use the crate or you can use um, a small little blanket on the ground it doesn't have to be this big thing and i was gonna ask does it need to be like one of those things that you use off the ground or the no, cots it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be because because i you know i work with people from all over and so some people don't have room for that you know and it doesn't have to be, especially for a big dog, you know, like that. It's going to take up a lot of space. You can just use, you just want to use something other than the ground. So yoga mat, um, blanket, um, a little bed. Uh, you could take. Oh, the- yoga mat's a good idea. I have one of those. That yeah. would be perfect. So you just teach him place. So, but you, but the, here's, the, here's the kicker, right, is you have to teach him place first before you do any of this because it's a, it's a sequence, right? It's kind of like a, a golf swing or teaching ballerina. To, to make a dance like you do it you do things very individually to make a, a recital or a hole in one <laughs> so right so that's so that's what you're doing and and so that helps too is is because he because you got to realize like again like with kids I, I say kids because it's very easy human psychology for people to understand some people have kids but everybody was a kid at some point so like with kids if you get up and you go in the other room they're like I gotta come with you if you don't have anything to counter that to say Here's what I want you to do differently. It's your leverage is gone. So if you get up to go to the other room and and maybe you are showering and it's not going to be running to the closet to grab something and coming back or whatever it is, whatever the hell, it doesn't matter what the hell you're doing. You you should be saying, Gunner, go to your bed. He goes to his bed and just say, stay. And you got to work on all that stuff until you come back and then break him. But over time, in the beginning, it's very short. The duration is 10 seconds. 
you're not moving away from the the bed at all and you build that out so at least if he does feel like i got to go with you that's natural that's normal dogs are always going to want to be on the other side of the door for for the most part right. you know, they're always going to want to go but if you say hey go to your bed and lay down at least you have leverage to counter that okay so when you you say go to your bed i i say go to your room because uh-huh. it's like their own little room either way yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, which he doesn't mind. He doesn't mind the crate. But when it comes to place, say I'm going to take a shower. Mm. Am I telling him to go to the crate? Or am I going to work my way up for him to place until I get back? It's a good question. Um, when, yeah. I, I personally, like right now, what I would do is not necessarily see here. Okay. So here's, here's what's going on in my head right now is if you tell him to go to his place or his crate at some point within your half an hour shower, he's going to get up and you're not going to have any ability to tell him that that's not okay. Right. So what you can do is in the beginning. So here's, okay. So here's what I would do. So say his place and his stay is decent. You've been working on it for a couple of days. It's decent. He understands it. He's hungry for food. You're working good. So what I would do is I would put him into a place to stay. I would go into the bathroom, hold it for one, two, three, come out, pay him. Okay, break. And I would do this okay. like throughout the day, like as often as you can. So, so, so you going into the bathroom, right, your clock starts. You go into the bathroom and you start for three seconds, five seconds, 30 seconds, one minute, two minutes, and you're coming out and you're paying him and you're coming out and you're paying him. It doesn't have to be the bathroom, just out of sight, out of mind. You could, yeah. you could, you could be working on this as he's in another room, and you could be sitting here doing this right now, talking, right? Say you're, okay. say you're doing emails, working on the computer, or watching videos, whatever. Every you say, okay, that was a good test, and you go out and you you break them anyway. So I, I don't think like in the beginning you would be doing that, but I but I also think the ultimate goal is for him to just get more confident without you, and so I think by doing these exercises it'll really be helpful, and if you desensitize leaving often to other rooms i think it'll break down i think regard so say you didn't even work on the place you stopped talking to him and throughout your day you got up and walked into the other room shut the door waited 30 seconds and came back out i think over time he's going to be less attached to you okay right now if you're getting up and talking to him and saying it's okay i'll be right back and you're rushing back out and talking to him and petting him immediately when you come back out I think he's that that attachment's not going to go away. But I think if you just kill the talking, kill the basically what you don't want to do is make a big deal out of something that's not because then he will make it a big deal. If you're getting okay. up if you're getting up to go to the kitchen to grab a snack, he doesn't need to know that. <laughs> you don't have to say, "Hey buddy, I'll right. be right back." Because what happened and I get it, right? That that's why I do what I do is I'm a dog owner and lover first. I totally understand when your dog looks at you with those eyes like, oh, "You're leaving me, aren't you?" You want to say, it's okay, yeah. buddy. I'm just going to the kitchen to get an apple. <laughs> you want to say that because it makes you feel good. But, of course, he hears, and you're like, he's like, oh, yeah, he doesn't know. So so I think I think that there's just, like, many different things that you can do. But um, those are some things that will be really helpful. So as far as you getting up and taking a shower for 20, 30 minutes, I think – I think over time, if you just get up and walk away, get up, walk away, get up, walk away, no big deal, no big deal, no big deal. And then when you, so if you walk into a room, he's standing there when you get out, you just walk straight through him. It's not mean, it's not cool. Well, that's, 
I was going to say the other thing he does is if I go in my room and I close the doors, I could be in there for two hours and I can open the door and he's laying there waiting. Sure. That's normal. And, and again, like whatever it, he, yeah, that's just, you know, that's what he chooses to do. And you just, when okay. you, when you come out, you step over him and walk away. So you're, you're yeah, you're and you're not ignoring him because obviously you don't love him or you don't like him. You're just ignoring him okay. because you don't want to make, you don't want to make him feel like that was worth his weight, right? Don't right. make don't make him feel like when you come out of there he's gonna get love because then you've conditioned him to wait outside of your. He's like, hey, I missed that person. Goes to your door. He knows you're in there. He waits. You come out. Hey, buddy. Smush his face. Kiss him. Pet him. What were you doing? Yeah. So, and then he's like, okay, this is what I need to do to get attention. Now, say one day you're doing this for a couple days, a week, two weeks, and then one day you realize that he didn't get up and follow you. That's when you get over and give him all that, lo- hey, buddy, and just give him a little bit of it, not oh, too gosh. much, but you just say, hey, that was, this is where you get paid, you know? Yeah. And you just yeah. kind of toggle with it a little bit. It's very discretionary on how the dog reacts. And you don't want to go over and make a big deal, but you want to go, like, just go over and pet the dog really calmly, good boy, and just walk away. Okay. I am. I do. I have an issue with uh, loving my dogs a lot. Yeah. You know, I, I cuddle them and talk to them, but like you say, they don't have a freaking clue what I'm saying. So. Yeah, and it's, lo- it's, it's, I call it selfish love and because they don't. They, you know, hu- so humans, we have, we show affection and emotion differently than mm-hmm. dogs do, right? We, we, we're very right. different creatures because we can very, we can open our mouth and say something and, and, and it affects your heart. It affects your emotions. I hate you. I right. love you. You look pretty. You look ugly. These things are like, we, we understand what that means. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So with dogs, I completely understand what you're saying. To- trust me. It's why, again, that's why I do what I do. But I've learned over the years what that creates to dogs. And that's why, you know, I think it's it's crucial for us to, to just understand that. Like, I guess I'm correcting you for saying I love my dogs and, and I love my dogs too, but I show it through different outlets. I pet my dogs. I kiss my dogs. I talk to my dogs. I, I lay on my dogs. I, I do all of those things. But... If there were ever a problem where my dog didn't understand me, got anxiety, got stressed, got, I wouldn't be doing those things. So, so you have to just make sure you're at the right place in your, in your relationship with your dog to do these things. Because if your dog okay. is vulnerable and your dog feels like at any moment you're going to poof, disappear, and you're overdoing the love and affection and physical human love, right, the, the goo goo gaga stuff, if you're overdoing that, it can create an unhealthy thing. And I can tell you out of the almost 14 years of professionally working with dogs, specifically with behavior, some of the worst cases I've ever, ever, ever dealt with are dogs who have been neglected, abandoned, or abused, got taken into a home, that person feeling emotionally upset about what had happened to that dog, and them never telling the dog no, letting the dog do whatever they want, giving them all this treats, beds, no structure, and that's that those are the worst dogs I've ever had cases with because they went from a very polarizing opposite of terrible situations to love and support and everything but in in a very polarizing way so then the, basically the dog says i understand that you love me this is something i've never felt before you don't know what you're doing 
you're talking to me way too much. You're not giving me any structure. You're letting me do whatever I want. Now I'm going to become the nastiest, nastiest dog on the planet to protect you because I love you. Does that make sense? So they yeah. they basically were didn't have anything, and then now they have everything. And because they have everything, they they protect that person who gave them everything because within the same token. So you want that's why we call balanced dog training. We are balanced, yeah. right? We understand just hey, good, great job. You did you did awesome. You deserve everything. But hey, when you're when you do something wrong, I got to let you know about it. And so having that balance and having that structure. It's not just balance in operant conditioning and positive reinforcement and positive punishment. It's also balance and structure and affection. It's all, so you got to have balance throughout your life. It can't. So there's some training camps that just one ended, love and affection only. No no's, no negatives, no, no, no nothing. Just do whatever you want. No corrections, nothing. And dogs, just like with people, like I told you earlier, I went on a five day vacation at a beautiful place. By day three, I was losing my mind. To be honest with you. I need that and dogs are very much like that so anyway so that's a little tangent for you and I just wanted to kind of I wanted to open up your eyes to to what I see in the dog world because that's my vision because this is all I do and it's all I've done my whole adult life is is get into the minds of these dogs and so when you say I, I I'm guilty of loving my dog I want you to just understand what that actually means because there's a difference between, you know, tough love, right? Kids kicking and screaming because, again, they wanted to do something that was just nobody in their right mind would allow them to do, but they think, I got to have it. And you're like, you can't. So anyway, I just wanted to point that out. Okay. No, that totally makes sense. And like I said, I've watched your videos where – People have done that and they talk too much to their dogs and then you start working with them and they're like, holy shit, this actually works when I don't. Yeah. Um, And he's, like I said, he's good. He could sit, he could give paw. He stays for a little bit. We're still working on that. But um, worst case scenario, how? I think I'm only like four hours from you, but if I really do struggle with him getting the collar... Do you do like a one, like a one day kind of appointment where I could, if I absolutely have to with them, um, and I just can't control them for whatever reason, come in and do a face to face and get your help on walking him. I'm hoping that doesn't have to happen. Yeah. So yes and no. Um, so my, my, we have two different facilities. Yeah. We're, we're. We're just up. We're in Saratoga, Clifton Park, Albany area, and so yeah, we're not too far from you compared to what other people travel to get to us because uh, you're in New York. So, I the answer is yes, but also no. So I do one on ones privately um, within a group environment for a weekend. Um, so we do about three days, um, and it's like it's it's like a little mini seminar with th- three to sometimes four people. And I usually do that like twice a month. Um, I don't do like I don't do um, just one on one. My so my staff does one. Like if you wanted to email and say, "Hey, I just want an introduction on how to use these things," because because I, I there's so many different businesses that I'm running right now with the merch 
and the the content creation and the two facilities and this yeah. there's so much so i don't go into the facility facility regularly like my trainers do i go in like twice once or twice a week to just do okay. business owner stuff so and then the only time that i train privately at the facility is when we do those programs it's called the out-of-state program and so that all of that information is on my website where you come in and you actually work with me privately um, and we also do group classes too and so we've had many 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 people come in with foster dogs for this reason because a it helps because my big thing is you know is education so all all the information that i give you is the same information i give to the animal behavioral college students that i certify in dog training so you become because if you're going to be fostering dogs especially you know big dogs like that you know it, it's it's beneficial to you but it's also beneficial to the dog to give the dog a more successful assessment of like a professional like myself to say hey you know here's what we've done here's the things we're going to continue to do so that's what we do but if that's something that's like out of your reach or out of your um, availability we we do have options where if you wanted to come in and, and just do a private session one-on-one um, -on -one, you could probably get a one-on-one -on -one just hour session with one of my staff for an afternoon as well okay yeah i'll have to i'll have to check that out on the uh, website and see how we do i'll work with them for a little bit and hopefully that will yeah hopefully that there's um there's also a, a uh i don't there's so uh in buffalo there's also another company called uh canine connection and uh tyler muto uh which is another colleague a friend of mine owns the company that's also a very reputable company that's very familiar with um, what we do, which is if you're in the Buffalo area, it would obviously be a lot closer and easy and accessible yeah. for you. So um, they're pretty, where, whereabouts are you? Are you in Buffalo? Or are you in like Lockport or you're? Uh, Hamburg. Okay. So just south. Yeah. So that would be a lot more convenient as far as training goes. You can go up there for an afternoon and get that done. I don't, I don't like, I, I don't know the business model that they set up and what they offer, but that's another reputable company that will do similar work to whatever I'm doing, unless you're specifically wanting to work with me for the weekend. So that's another option. Okay. I will check out both of them and see, cause I'm going to continue fostering and I want to be yeah. able to make better before they go to new houses. So yeah, yeah it's great. I just want to be really educated and make sure that I'm using equipment the right way. And yeah. you know, yeah, totally. So. Totally. All right. I totally appreciate your time. Yeah. No worries. Thank you. And I will, what did you say? It's by, by no bad dogs.com. Yeah. It's just B. Yep. It's B B U Y. So like purchase, like buy no bad dogs.com. Uh, and oh. yeah, we have the 3.2 click locks. And like I said, get the safety clip, get the click lock 3.2 and get yourself like an extra pack of prong collars. I think we have two left on the site. So I would just do that today. Um, Okay, perfect. I'll do that now. Thank you so much. You're welcome so much. It was nice to meet you. Have a wonderful day and good luck. All right, you guys, we've reached the end of the podcast, which means it's time to answer questions. I don't have any new ones. I've answered them all. So right now it pens. It's like a pending thing. So if you answered your, if you asked your questions like last week, sometimes it's pens. It pens for like a week. It's a pending thing. Uh, they review. I don't know what happens to be honest, but don't worry. I'll answer it next time. And again, if you guys have your specific dog training questions, make sure you go over to the reviews and uh, leave a review and I'll answer it next time. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next Monday. Bye.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.